Greetings, listeners. This is Belle Mars, and I want to bring you one of my true crime stories. It is going to be graphic with murder, rape, a scientist masturbating, so viewer discretion is advised. In this episode, I want to cover the Texas killing field. So, probably give you a little bit of background information. So far, there are over 30 bodies of murder victims, all of them being from girls and young women from ages 10 to 25. Mm. I mean, many of the victims had similar looks and physical features, even with the exhaustive efforts of the League City PD, with help of the FBI, very few murders were solved. Possibly the work of several serial killers over a long period of time. Hmm. So, first, let's start with the location. It's a 25-acre patch off the I-45 bordering of the Calder oil field. So, anyone who lives in Houston or anywhere from Galveston to Houston, because it goes I-45 goes all the way up to Dallas, hmm. it's a really horrible field. And one of the nicknames I didn't realize for it is Highway of Hell, because a lot of accidents are on it, and mm-hmm. there's hella traffic congestion. Oh, yeah, all the time. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of traffic, construction, it's just hell. But one thing I found interesting, I found a couple quotes. One person, the director of the movie Texas Killing Fields, who actually, because it became a movie, uh, it's mildly successful. Ami Kahneman said, you could actually see the refineries that are in the south of League City. You can see the I-45, but if you yelled, no one necessarily hear you. And if you ran, there would be, wouldn't be necessarily be anywhere to go. So, one patch of land. And mm-hmm. also, a reporter... By the Texas Monthly reporter, Skip Hollinsworth, said in an interview with CBS, it's kind of an environment that's sultry and sinister, easy to get to. You jump off 45, you drive down one of the dirt-rutted roads, you dump the body, and you're gone for good. So in short, it's a perfect area for a serial killer. A person can't escape, and no one can hear him or her, because, you know, just nothing is just there Mm because i remember in league city i mean now because it's starting to come up but Mm -hmm. even like in the 1970s would bring me to the time period Mm -hmm. so the average person did not have a cell phone and they use pay phones Mm -hmm. so it's not really anywhere you can go and it's very very common for people to hitchhike as well Right. So, and top of hitchhiking, it kind of phased out in like the mid late 80s but people still hitchhike so let's start with the first act, the 11 that went to heaven. So the first victim that was found, Colette Wilson. She's from... Sorry, she has part of my name. <laughs> yes, Colette Wilson. She's from Alvin, Texas. Mm-hmm. She was last seen on June 17, 1971. She vanished after being dropped off a bus stop after her school band practice. At the time, it was just seen as a missing persons case. Mm-hmm. So she disappeared on Co- County Road 99 and Highway 6, dropped off by her band director. But then, five months later, it was found near Attic's Reservoir, next to the body of Gloria Gonzalez, another victim. Mm-hmm. And Gloria Gonzalez is from Houston, Texas. She was 19 years old. And she was last seen near her apartment on Jacqueline Street in Houston. Her severed remains were found near Attic's Reservoir, right next to Colette Wilson. Hmm. So most of them died the same with a gunshot wound to the head. Wow. So all of these were just treated as like a missing person's cases. No one did really make the uh, connection. And then Brenda Jones, a 14-year-old girl from Dallas, Texas. She was last seen July 1st, 1971. Her body was found in Galveston Bay near Pelican Island the next day. So there's starting to be like a pattern starting to form between Mm -hmm. the two. Right. So all of them were found in the Galveston area. So And Brenda Jones was disappeared while on a visit to visit a sick relative from Galveston General Hospital, which Mm -hmm. is right off the Interstate 45. Her body would be found floating, also killed by a head wound. So all of these women were killed by a head wound. Okay. And just continued until 1971 with Gloria Gonzalez. She died as well. I know, I just repeat that. Mm-hmm. Then almost 35 yards from Colette Wilson's corpse had been mm-hmm. discovered. And then another girl, Allison Craven. Ooh. She's a 12-year-old girl. 
So, so far, let me ask, like, the ages are, um, Colette was how old? Colette was 13. Colette was 13, and then uh, Gloria was... Gloria was 19. Gloria was 19, and then the other girl, Brenda, was... 14. So, all of these girls are in their teens so far. Okay. Yes. A lot of these are young girls, all mainly Caucasian, believe brunette hair. So, mm. all of them have, like, similar characteristics. Huh. So, we gone to one, two, three. Four. And this continue all the way to like 1981 for the 11 that was sent to heaven. Hmm. So after the authorities believe at the time that all the killings were all the works of a single uh, serial killer, since you know, all the victims looked the same, mm -hmm. around the same age, and all found near the same area. Mm -hmm. And quite a few of them were found naked from the waist down with hand and feet that were bound. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, and on top of that, a lot of them didn't want to make the connection because these cases were a nightmare mm -hmm. to investigate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, because they have a scattered small towns who police didn't share information or feel or compare notes, and little evidence has been left behind in the first place. So generally, with small towns, especially in the 1970s, there's a lot of police departments that don't want to talk to each other. So if there's, like, a lot of serial killing, because... I swear, the 1970s was a golden era for serial killers because, you know, they'd be popping in different areas and a yeah. lot of police departments don't want to compare notes. Right. So for a long period of time, these crimes went unsolved. Mm. So the 11 murders so far, and there's even more. There was Allison Craven, who was a 12-year-old girl from Houston, Texas. Her mother reported her missing after finding Allison disappear from their apartment near I-45. After finding partial remains early on, they recovered the rest of the body in a prowling field three months later, 10 miles away from their home. Hmm. So then there was also Debbie Ackerman, also from Galveston, Texas, who was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. So she disappeared on November 15, 1971. Two days later, she was found. She was last seen accepting a ride at an ice cream shop with Maria Johnson, who was also killed, a friend of, uh, associate of hers, who was also 15. Uh-huh. She was set in a ride. Her body was found bound and partially nude in Turner Bayou, along with her friend, Debbie. Mm -hmm. So, two groups of friends, 15 years old, bound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, naked. And yes. naked. And then another girl, Kimberly Pitchford, from Houston, Texas. She was seen at Dobie High School while she was there for a driving test. So... Two days later, her body was found in a ditch as well, in the same position. So it's a mm -hmm. large pop um, trend that's going on with these girls. Right. So we continue on with Suzette Bowers, a 12-year-old girl from Galveston, Texas. She was last seen between the blocks of 400 block of Avenue S and 310 block and Avenue P. Because I remember in this area, it's in Galveston, Texas, so I'm mm -hmm. that Avenue Q with the little yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Her skeletal remains two years later from Alta Loma, Texas. So a long-ass way from Galveston. Yeah. Yes. And then Brock Spraywell, 12-year-old girl, 12-year-old girl from Dickinson, Texas. She was last seen on September 6, 1974, with Georgia Gear at the U Totem convenience store of FM 515 and I-45. Oh, 515. That's somewhere near us, dude. Yeah, well, oh, 517. Oh, okay. Right. Well, that's still close, though. Yes, in Dickinson, <laughs> which is really not far away from us. Yeah. And then her remains were fine almost, god damn, a long-ass time later. So that's like, found in April 3rd, 1981. Oh, in Alvin, Texas, in a ditch. Mm -hmm. So this just continue on. Ooh, not freaked out. I took bro, you're bringing the spirits. <laughs> Years later, in 1996, a man by the name of Edward Howard Bell, who was at the time serving unrelated murder, would claim in a letter to police that he murdered the 11 girls in Galveston County in the 1970s, mm -hmm. including Colette Wilson. Yet there will be never be enough solid evidence to concretely link him to his crimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, interesting, they found a suspect, but the thing is, they didn't have such concrete evidence. Right. I mean, he was already in jail for murder. Right. But also, at the same time, Edward Howard Bell, or Mr. Bell, referred to him, was very, very bizarre. 
Because he mm-hmm. said there was a secret government program that tried to, like, brainwash him to killing these girls. Wow. I mean, if this is, like, 2018, I totally believe it. But now I'm not. <laughs> yes. And another report said that his ex-wife was in on it, too, trying to, like, brainwash him. Oh. So he claimed he was manipulated into doing these things. Yeah, so uh, true crime novelist with the last name Casey said he's in his 70s. I was kind of like interviewing a person who's a cross between Anthony Hopkins and Silence of the Lambs and Jack Nicholson over Fool of the Cuckoo's Nest. He's just totally out there, but at the same time, very frightening, very dangerous. So mm-hmm. this guy is definitely off his rocker. Right. But is, was he off his rocker enough to be claimed the killer or was he just off his rocker? In general. Well, is he's question. probably off in general because he has killed someone. Is he just saying that he killed his girl just to get attention, trying right. to stay relevant? Mm-hmm. Or is it that he probably killed her? Yeah, that's it. Will we ever know is the real question. Mm. Yeah, but thing is, he definitely knows a lot of details about these gruesome murders. Right. What did the What did he say? Like, for example, he realized that the one of the girls, Maria Johnson, had on a maroon shirt, a maroon top when she died. Mm-hmm. And remember everything that Colette, the first girl that was killed, mm-hmm. had on when she was killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, the mother couldn't even tell what she had on. Wow. So he does know have a lot of details about this. So it's possible he could have done it or he knows the person or he... Well, when did he go to jail? Like, when did they say he went to jail for murder? Does it say? Well, he went to jail. In like the 1980s. So he went in the night. So it is possible that he at least committed all of the, the murders in the 70s? Yes. So, hmm, interesting. But it can't... So you had at the beginning a theory that, like, it was more than one person? Or they said that they had a theory that it was more than one person, right? Well, at this point in time, they realized it was just one person. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at this point, these 11 girls are all from... Like, and they've all been found in, like, the Galveston area. And mm-hmm. one's been found in Clear Lake, too. Right. Who was that? Did you, did you say that one? Uh, Rhonda Johnson, age 14... Her scale was found in a marsh near Clear Lake. Ooh. So, so from, so, okay, let's, let's establish like a timeline of who, so let's name all the girls who died in the, because you said it was from the 1970s to the 1990s, right? Yes. So we're, let's name all the girls who were in the 1970s. Okay. First, Brenda Johnson. Okay, Brenda Johnson. Age 14, mm-hmm. she's from Galveston. She was last seen. On July 1st of 1971. Okay. She was on her way to visit her aunt, and she died in Galveston Bay near Pelican Island the next yeah. day. All right. Then Colette Wilson in June. Well, she happened first. Not sure why he has it out of order, but mm-hmm. fuck them. Um, <laughs> disappeared on a county road 99 and highway 6 after she was dropped off by her band director so it was colette first and then brenda um, jones and then brenda okay yes. and then who was after that next it was rhonda johnson mm-hmm. 14 she was last seen with sharon shaw around the seawall which is her friend also mm-hmm. age 14 mm-hmm. and then both of them was found in Creel lake her skull, Shonda Shaw's skull was found in Clear Lake, and the rest of the remains were recovered in a marsh nearby alongside of Rhonda Richardson. Mm, okay. And after that is Gloria Gonzalez, mm-hmm. age 19. She was last seen in an apartment on Jacqueline Street in Houston. Mm-hmm. Her several remains were found near Attic's Reservoir in the same area as Colette Wilson, mm. as the first woman that died. Okay. Well, girl. Because all these are girls. Yes, our children. Seriously. (laughs) Next, in November 9th, 1971, is Allison Craven. Her mother reported her missing after finding Allison disappear from their apartment near I-45. After the partial remains early on, they discovered the rest of her body in a Perlin field three months later, 10 miles away from her home. Mm. Then, Debbie Ackman. 
on November 5, 1971. Her body was found two days later on November 17, 1971. Oh. She was last seen accepting a ride near an island ice cream shop with her with Maria Johnson, one of her friends. Mm -hmm. Her body was found and partially nude in Turner Bayou County with her friend, Maria Johnson. Around the same time, she's also 15, last seen getting ice cream with her friend, found bound and partially nude in Turner Bayou. Mm -hmm. Then there's Kimberly Pitchford, age 16. She went last seen January 3rd, 1973, mm -hmm. and found two days later, January 5th, 1973. Last seen at Dobie High School, which was there for a driving test. Her body was found in the ditch two days later. Mm -hmm. Then a 12-year-old Suzanne Bowers from Galveston, Texas. She went missing May 21st, 1977. Last seen between the blocks of 400 block of Avenue S to the 3100 block of Avenue P at 10.45 a.m. Her skeletal remains were found two years later in Alta Loma in Texas. And then there was Brooke Spracewell, 12 years old from Dixon, Texas, last seen with Georgia Greer at the U Totem convenience store FM 517 and I-45. Her were identified along with Georgia Greer's and Alice Texas Dick. And then Georgia Greer, 14 years old, last seen with Brooks Bracewell, and she was found in 1970. Some of her remains were found by police, but due to negligence, they weren't identified as hers until a new detective took over in the case in 81, re-examined the ditch where they were originally found. Mm. So at the time, police work, I guess they were half-assed, like, eh, yeah. I guess they went lazy. We're not going to look at these remains until a new detective. And 1981 decided to take over, and his name is Trumbull. <laughs> that is a lot of girls. <laughs> well, a new detective took over, didn't say. Mm -hmm. Oh, it didn't say his name? Yes. Anonymous. So, and this is just in the 70s. Right. And that was just the love that went to heaven. Right. So, and after Mr. Bell went off, and then there's the uh, 1980s. Right. And so he was in jail at that point, right? Yes. So it had to be, do you think it was like a copycat killer? Or do you think that it was just like a whole totally different um like emo or something i think it probably could be a completely different one because this is a perfect area for serial killers to come mm -hmm. so i'm thinking all of them just kind of have like the same idea i'm thinking hey you know this place off of 45 eh? <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's supposed to be texas like this place off of 45 just perfect area because you know even just driving through there at night it's just completely creepy it really is yeah yeah it's just dark just nothingness not even cows i mean nowadays they're trying to build more things but i can imagine like in the 70s and 80s where there's like butt fucked nowhere it's yeah. just like empty mm -hmm. so let's talk about the 80s uh what happened what happened in the 80s? It ushered in a new decade of horrors linked to the killing fields, starting with the discovery of the brutalized body of 12-year-old Brooke Spracewell. Mm -hmm. So she was discovered in the 80s, but she was last seen in the 70s. Yes. Okay. So some of these take decades. Wow. And some of these women, looking through even the Wikipedia articles, were never really seen again. Wow. Oh, so they never discovered their bodies, basically. Yes. And there's Jane Doe's and Janet Doe's. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, so. But discover with her 12 year old book Spraywell and her friend, 14 year old Georgia Gleer, Gear, could both gone missing while visiting a local convenience store. And yet another killing charge with convenience store, 23-year-old Hidel Villarreal Fay will be discovered on October 10th, 1983, after using a payphone there. Her body was discovered when a dog dug it up, the Ooh. rotting corpse, and carried the skull to a nearby house. It was oh. dropped at the feet of a toddler. Oh! So then more killings and mysteries will follow through the 80s, with victims either shot, strangled, or brutally beaten to death. Okay, so they didn't follow the original M.O. of the shot to through the head. Yes. We're with the first 11 girls, right? Yes. Okay. Well, because the first 11 girls were just bound. Mm-hmm, and, like, naked from the waist down and then yes. shot through the head, right? Yes. 
And then obviously they were cut up because they said they were severed and they're still yeah. like well, well, some of them were capitated, so yeah. the hands go everywhere. So possibly those areas might be haunted. Uh, I wouldn't put it past those <laughs> girl spirits. Listen, I'm not going over there. <laughs> Y'all rest in peace. <laughs> okay, so then to continue on, one of the most famous killings is 16-year-old Nora Miller, who vanished on September 6, 1984, also in front of a convenience store after making a call home, nearly the very same convenience store for which Heidi Villarreal Faye has vanished. Whose bio will be discovered in a secluded oil field on February 3rd, 1986. So, the MO, it sounds like with Heidi Villarreal Faye, yes. that she was not, like, just from her last name, she wasn't white necessarily. It sounds right. like she was, like, at least Hispanic in some way, yes. shape, or form. And I think one of the older victims at 23 years old. Oh, she was 23. Oh, yes. okay. So, so it had to. So it seems like it was a completely different. Because the first set of girls were all in their teens, and they were all yeah. white brunettes, as you go. Uh, yeah. So described. a lot of them, like the with the first eleven girls, were nineteen years and younger. Okay. Interesting. And this one was twenty-three. Mm-hmm. And it was discovered in a secluded oil field in February third, nineteen eighty-six, which I believe is the say the Calder oil fields, which is just right off of 45. Mm -hmm. So all that just butt-fucking awareness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Perfect for spirits. So, and with the murder of Laura Miller, the father, Tim Miller, decided to go on a personally mission fuel vendetta in order to find his daughter's killer. Ooh. Because he was just pissed off at the police. They weren't making any products or any hurdles to solve the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, the police said, it's just a simple runaway case. And then he's thinking, no, that's not true. And he had his eyes set on one suspect. Ooh, who, who, who? Yes. Tell us. A retired, brilliant NASA engineer <gasps> who just worked on a Saturn rocket named by Robert Abel. <gasps> Mm -mm, they didn't like that. They must have hated that, that yes, you would yes. try to say some NASA engineer killed your daughter. Yeah. Exactly, because this guy, Tim Miller, he believed, okay, this is definitely him because he was leasing land where mm -hmm. her body was found. And right. he started, and Robert Abel started this small horseback riding business called Stardust Trail Rides. Mm -hmm. So he was definitely suspicious of them. Mm -hmm. But, and then, but I'm going to go into detail about a little bit about Robert Abel. Because he was like an old, unassuming man in his 60s with right. a bad back and took medication for high blood pressure. Oh, that's always the ones you have to look out for. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then Robert Miller, good old dad instincts, he said he fell in one conversation with family members and local said that he had a dark, violent side. All right. That he was prone to abusing women and even beating his own horse with an iron pipe. Oh, he yeah. beat his horse? Yeah. This Terrible guy. human. That's yeah, a serial killer. Yeah, sounds like an asshole. Yes. Oh, you know this one was a serial killer when they abuse animals. <laughs> so then he was convinced that Abel was his daughter killing, following him around, harassing him more or less, stalking him, and he even got law enforcement to follow up on it. Like, dude, this is my daughter's killer. He has violent tendencies. He's sex against women, and he beats his horse. Uh huh. So, so let's say, okay, so Robert Abel, which is an NASA engineer, how, like, what, what do we know about him aside from these, these things that Robert said? Like, well, besides, he did work on a Saturn rocket, so mm -hmm. I'm thinking he is quite famous for that. I think he probably got away with it, too, but... Mm. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't you dastardly kids. Okay, so then the FBI got involved. They mm -hmm. profiled Abel as a serial sexual offender with many addition traits all presented serial killers. So I'm guessing being obsessive, being smart, and kind of just look like bland guy. Because, you know, a lot of these serial killers are good parts and pillars of the community. Right. Like even John Wayne Gacy, a very famous serial killer. Mm -hmm. He was a business owner. He was a clown. People loved him, but he had a dark secret. Yeah, that's typically what happens when you've got sociopaths for killers anyway. Like, they just don't look at, like, they're very charming. So, because of this, Robert Abel is treated like a killer. And a pariah in the area, some people just shout him, Killer! You're the killer! At one point, 100 people, including Tommy, even converged upon Abel's property, looking for dead bodies that thought they had been standing there. 
Mm-hmm. Sadly, they found nothing. Mm-hmm. No dead bodies. He, he did his. He covered his tracks very well. Nevertheless, he, he became absolutely convinced that Abel was good. Yet another, the police and FBI were fed with numerous in-depth interrogations with both Abel and eyewitnesses. And meticulous searches of the man's house which were any clues whatsoever. Not a trace of evidence were ever found to lead them to the killing of War Miller, and he was never charged for any crime. Mm. Miller himself would slowly lose his interest in pursuing Abel as a subject, and even apologized to the man at one point. Oh. But in July of t- 2005, <gasps> Abel would drive his golf cart into the train track as a train approached, ending his life, possibly a suicide. Miller would go on to come to the conclusion that uh, Clyde Edwin Hildred, already in prison for manslaughter, was the actual killer, although non-concrete evidence would ever come up. Oh, so he switched targets. He went from Robert Abel to Clyde. What would you say, Eldridge? Uh, Clyde Edwin Hedrick. Eldridge Hedrick. Okay, and what was he in prison for? Well, he was already in manslaughter. Oh, he was in for manslaughter too. So interestingly enough, we've got two men that were pinned as the killers, but nobody ever could prove it. Except one of them confessed, and he was already in for murder, and another one was in for manslaughter. Yeah. Hmm. So the thing is, there's just so many different suspects, and even though one confesses, there's not much concrete evidence to just hide them down. Right, exactly. Because the one that confessed before who was in for murder, what did you say his name was? Key? Like, Key, who was in for murder, right, he was a Looney Tune, and so nobody yes. was really taking him seriously. And this other guy, you had no concrete evidence. Did right. he? I, I'm guessing he never confessed to it. He didn't confess to it while he was in jail. He was probably yeah. just going to, like, yo, bro, I didn't do it. Yeah. But, hmm. All right. Yes. So are those all the ones in the 80s? <clears throat> Oh, there's a couple more. All right. There's Shelly Sykes. She's 19 and and was found in 1986. She was last seen leaving her job, the waitress at Gatto's Beachfront Restaurant in Galveston. Her car was found the next day, stuck in mud, bloodstained, and banned on the side of an I-45 access road south of the Galveston Causeway. Mm-hmm. Her family believes fa- police found a white blouse that belonged to her after one of her convicted kidnappers. Gerald Peters Wars drew them a map of where to find her body, but she has never been found. Hmm. And then another one in 1988 who was never found was Suzanne Renee Richardson, 22. She's from Galveston, Texas. She was last seen October 7, 1988. She was last seen at her job at a night clerk as Casa de Mar Conimonians at approximately 6 a.m. Other than witnesses hearing a female screaming and a lone shoe found in a parking lot, she's never been seen or heard from again. I would never go to the restaurant ever again. <laughs> it's haunted now. Um. Oh, question, actually. When, when did that other guy, the one that he thought killed Laura Miller, when did he go to jail? Does it say? Well, Sid was already in jail when he decided to go switch his eyes on someone else. Right, but, like, was he in jail? So, Laura was found. When was she found dead? When was she found dead again? Laura Miller was found dead in February 3rd, 1986, almost two years after her... After she was dis- after she disappeared. So, yes. when did... Did the guy go to jail in that window, or was he in jail before? That's what I'm... Well, he can't... Well, if he did, he can't have been. So, that's why I'm asking... Did he? It doesn't say when he when he went was to went to jail. Hmm. Interesting. But the only reason why he put on on map because he hear that he killed two people known as Jane Doe and Janet Doe. Ooh. Okay. Okay. And he never identified them. Okay. All right. He was start the tradition of setting up cross to mark the place where victims or the mysterious killer were found, including. That of Heidi Villarreal Five, who disappeared while hitchhiking to see her boyfriend in Houston before turning up dead in the field. Two of the crosses marked the resting place of two victims who were never identified, reading simply as Jane Doe and Janet Doe. He even went so far as to start his own missing person search called the Techless Equus Search, which uses searches on horseback and vehicles and even help out to try and hunt down people who have vanished. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. He was real serious. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you kill his daughter, he's gonna go. Mm. He's gonna go off. He's like Liam Neeson, um, yes. except his daughter's dead. So that's uh, yes. mm. 
And some first appearance even go as early as 2006. Okay, so is there anything in the 90s? Let's go through that timeline. Okay. So in the 90s, there's a Lynette Bibbs, 14 years old. She was last seen at a teen club with her friend Tamara Fisher, who disappeared around the same time, and a 20-year-old male companion who claims to have dropped them off at a motel on Old Spanish Trail in Houston. Her body was found by Tamara off the side of a dirt road near Cleveland, Texas. Mm. And then Tamara, who disappeared on the same time, but was found on the same day, was at the club. Her body was found by Lynette's off the side of a road, but they've both been shot to death. But the police affected by different people. So they were, they think that they were both shot to death by different people. Is that what yes. you're saying? So, but then they were found in the same place though? Yes. Hmm. But they disappeared and they disappeared around the same time. Yes. The last scene, February 1st, and then they're found on February 3rd. February 3rd, two days later. And they weren't, they didn't exhibit any of the, um, any of the, uh, any of the things that the girls, like the first 11 girls exhibited, right? They didn't, were they naked or bound up or anything like that? No, it doesn't say. They say their bio was found, so I'm mm -hmm. assuming they were probably completely clothed. Hmm. But I wonder why no one else questions the 22 male companion. So I'm guessing, this is like 1996, so I don't think hitchhiking was all that big. Right, yeah, people were way more conscious about where their kids were at that point, and like, yeah. letting them out late, especially, like, I'm just surprised there's like a teen club in like, <laughs> I was like, a teen club, that exists? Like, I've never heard of anything like that here anyway, but like... That's but interesting. Maybe in the 90s there probably was. There probably, maybe there isn't anymore because they're like, no, children are dying <laughs> in teen clubs. We can't have that anymore. So uh, I'm actually um, I'm interested. But so they, so they had to been like taken. Yeah. If they think it was two different people, because I guess they came to the uh, idea that it was two different people because I uh, guess the gun, like the bullets weren't the same. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. How would they well, think that they were two different people? Why do you Or think? maybe it's just probably two people working together. That's what so I was about to say. One takes one girl, the other one takes the other girl. Right. And then they both dump them in the same spot to kind yes. of, like, I guess, confuse the police. But still, like, you know, though, like, the only way, way I could think that they'd think there were two different people is if there was two different guns. Right. That's my theory. Do you have, like, a theory about, like, what? Well, I'm thinking another way, thinking how they died, because mm -hmm. they said probably two different people. So I'm thinking maybe there's different ways of people shoot, because sometimes like, okay, shoot this person. Okay, do I shoot to disarm or do I shoot to kill? Right. Mm. So some people thinking I'm going to shoot them in their arm because I'm freaking out or uh -huh. probably, or probably they might be shooting at two different distances or so I wonder why the police suspected by different people. So yeah. I wonder if they were fine between like two different police departments because, you know, sometimes you're in different jurisdiction, you're kind mm -hmm. of bored on that strange way. Because uh -huh. I don't think in this time police were really actively sharing everything they know, so that's right. why serial killers get away. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to do it nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think it was the, the dude that they knew, the 22-year-old? I don't know. Because I'm thinking it is weird that a 22-year-old will be hanging out with 14- and 15-year-olds. Unless true. it's like a friend's older brother or family friend. Mm -hmm. So that is a bit suspicious. Hmm. What was his name? Let me see if I can look it up. It just says a 22-year-old male companion. Let's see. A 22-year-old male companion. What were their names again? Lynette Bibbs and Tamara Fisher. Lynette Bibbs and Tamara Fisher. Okay, let's see what we find. Were these two? One was fourteen. One was fourteen. Wow, I'm getting like photos of two black girls. Were these? Were really? these black girls? <clears throat> oh, I'm getting a lot of images. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. But you can go on while I look up what this is. And so many people gone missing and many were found. Presumably they were murdered. One of the cases was a Jessica Kane mm -hmm. from Lamarck, Texas. From she was found in 
she was last seen in August 17, 1977, but found recently as March 18, 2016. Hmm. Yes, she was last seen at Bennigan's restaurant near Bayward Mall in Clear Lake, dining with friends around 1.30 a.m. Her father's truck, while she had been driving that night, was found abandoned along I-45 South. 19 years later, her remains were finally found off the East Coast on road near Hobby Airport. Mm-hmm. So that's a long ass distance. So yeah. I think going on 45, well, I'm not sure what the traffic back then. That's probably like 20, 30 minutes to get to probably near Hobby Airport. Yeah. From, uh, yeah, from Clear Lake to here. Yeah. Typically that's how long it takes for us. Who knows? Like, well, population density was probably different in the 90s, but I can't imagine that it was like still like easy to get from there to there. So what I found. I don't know, like, I don't know how accurate this information is, but from what I've seen on here, um, so they disappeared on February 1st, 1996. Um, they were dumped on the side of a rural road near Cleveland, Texas, and they're partially clothed and shot twice in the back of the head and once in the thigh. And then Tamara Fisher was fully clothed and murdered by a gunshot wound to the head. So... Mm. so i'm thinking the different bullet ways because some people hit them in the thigh and then another one hit them in the head right so she so tamara was shot well i think i guess once it's a gunshot wound to the head and lynette was shot twice in the back and once in the thigh and she was partially clothed so it could like i don't know what kind of theories you could come up with for that because she was partially clothed it could be like some sort of like sexual like harassment type things or something like that that goes into that or potential rape and like you know you know he shot her in the thigh so like that kind of seems to me like maybe she was struggling or something with him when he was trying to I keep saying he but I still I do think it was probably a man but like she was probably struggling and he shot her like yeah yeah so generally serial killers majority of the time they assume it was men right because you know but, I mean, very rarely are there any female serial killers. The first one that comes to mind is Eileen Wernos, because generally with women that kill, either <coughs> they did it out of self-defense or they do it because, you know, it's kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde situation of, I'm just following orders what my husband or my lover does, so mm-hmm. I'm just killing for him. Right. And then probably last minute renege and kind of get leniency in their sentencing mm-hmm. by selling their male companion out. Right. There's a lot of names on here that I didn't hear you say, but maybe we'll go get to them that I've seen. Yes. So, including which is a Laura Smither, who mm-hmm. was last seen April 3rd, 1997. She was 12 years old and she's from Friendswood, Texas. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> so, after telling her mother she was going for a 20-minute jog, she was last seen running down the same street that her home sat on. 17 days later, her body was found in a retention pond in Pasadena, Texas. So I'm thinking that's a long ways away from yeah, Friendswood. Friendswood to Pasadena is about is about 15, 20 minutes too, like from hot, like the distance from Hobby to Clear Lake. So yeah, Clear Lake and Friendswood are near each other. If you're not from yeah. Houston or Texas or anything, they're near each other. So to take to go from Friendswood to Pasadena is about like. 20 30 minutes um wow okay and that was 1997 you said yes okay and what's even sad with a lot of these girls when they come up they police reports uh when the parents report like hey my daughter is missing and this is out of care he's like thinking nah it's fine it's a runaway case and thing is they discovered these bodies several days later i mean some as early as two days later the mm-hmm. other one as much as 19 years later yeah so it's just crazy bro 19 whole years i cannot even imagine just being a parent like wondering where your child is yeah and like well at least it's not any better i guess to have like to have them discover your kid like two days later oh they're dead like yeah. you just put them in and guess what they're dead but like at least you know at least you have closure after that but to be yeah. a parent and like for 19 years just have no idea what happened to your child where they are yeah. what they're doing if they're even alive and then to just have it like confirmed it's just like all of that like comes right rushing back in because like maybe at that point you've like kind of coped with it like yeah. oh like we'll never find but then like to have them come back and be like we discovered your daughter's remains 
Yeah. It's and what's just... even worse, that Laura Smither, 12-year-old from Friendswood, Texas, she was found mostly nude. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, anybody else in the 90s? Besides Jessica Kane, who was found in March 2016. So, to go from the timeline, Lyndon Bibbs and Tamara Fisher found in February 1st, 1996 to February 3rd. That's when they were found. Mm -hmm. And then in 1997, Laura Smither, 12 years old from Friendswood, Texas. 20-minute jog, found Pasadena, mostly nude. And Mm -hmm. then Jessica Kane, 17 years old from Lamarck, Texas, August 17, 1997, but found March 18, 2016. Bruh, that's a, almost a whole... Bruh, that, that's almost 20 years. Yep, 19 if years. If I'm doing math right. Yeah, <laughs> it's 19 years, so yeah. I'm thinking that's insane. That is insane. Like, that... Uh, so, what happened with her? Like, what did they... What... How was she... When were they... What were the circumstances that she was last seen? Well, with Jessica Kane, so she was banned. They found her abandoned pickup truck was found by I-45, but she was never located until like 2018 when they found her remains and March 18, 2016, which is like freaks me out a little bit because that is so recent. I know, like we're only in 2019, friends. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, um. How old was she? She was 17, you said? Yes. Mm. And she was, when she was found, well, I guess they wouldn't know, like, if she was nude or not, because at that point, she bones and dust. Yeah. So, the bro. Yeah. All right. So, let's go to the 2000s. What do we got? Yeah. So, then we have Tot Harriman. Mm -hmm. She was, oh, it's an older woman. 57 years old from mm-hmm. League City. She disappeared July 12th of 2001. Mm-hmm. After mapping a route between League City and Corpus Christi, Texas, on a mission to search for a new home, Todd was last seen driving her 1995 Lincoln Continental along Highway 35. Neither she or nor her car have been found. So she hasn't been found yet. And that was in, was that in 2001, you said? Yeah. Mm. And it's 2019, friends, 18 years later. Huh. Wow. Okay. What else? 57, though. That's real. Yeah. And Sarah, who's from Angola, Texas, she's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. She last went missing in July 12th of 2002, but found July 27th of 2002 after leaving Angola, Texas. Home driving the evening hours of the day. She was last seen riding her bike near the Angola Baptist Church. <laughs> the next day, her bike was found in the foyer of the church. 14 days later, her bike was found in Texas City, dyke by a fisherman. That's weird. She was riding by a church. Her bike was in the foyer of the church, but they was found in it by a fisherman. In my yes. Guess. Ooh, was the church investigated? I wonder. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. it's strange. So you just like go to a church and just drop her bike off. Right. And that's weird. Like, I mean, unless she went in the church and then somebody of like, like around her in the church, like a real kidnapped her or something. Her name was Sarah Trusty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who else did you got? Mm-hmm. And then, let's see. There was a Jane Doe discovered in February 2nd of 1986. Mm-hmm. We're not sure when she died. And she was like 25. And a Janet Doe, on September 8th of 1991, on 300 block of Calder Road. So not that far away from the Calder Fields. Mm-hmm. But there's this one highly... Uh, popular case of crystal baker 13 years old from texas city texas mm-hmm. uh, she was oh my god shit um she was lost march 5th 1996 and was found march 5th 1996 which is strange because that's my birthday y- yeah you were about what two you just yes. turned two wow so she was she went missing and she was found the same day Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So, what do we know? Crystal Baker disappeared in the town of Texas City. 
Her great mom was none other than the famous actress Marilyn Monroe and had a fight with her grandmother run off in a fury. Later, she made a call from a convenience store telling her mother what had happened. This will be the last time she was ever seen alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, at first, of course, with all these other girls thinking, eh, it's okay, she's a runaway case. Right, uh-huh. But then... Her body would turn up in an interstate bridge later evening, and she has been severely beaten, raped, and strangled to death. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably, it just only take two weeks before the blue-eyed body will be identified as crystals, which was messed up because she was found that same day. But after being booty, raped, and murdered, it took her two weeks to be like, oh, this is the girl that went missing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Considering the other killers occur in the area at the time, such a short period, and involving the same age girls with similar appearance, it's possible that Jessica Kane was likely murdered there as well. So Jessica Kane, I believe. Yeah, she was the um she was the one in the nineties, I think. Yes. Let's see. Joe, right, right there. That's Jessica Kane, right? Yes, from Lamarck, Texas. From Lamarck. Okay. She was found at Braybrook Mall in Crew Lake. Night one thirty. So and then she was found in twenty sixteen. She was near Baybrook Mall. That's where they found her body. Well, that's where she was last seen. Okay, I was about to say <laughs> can't go to Baybrook Mall anymore. It's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> well, she but she was found near a hobby airport as at uh, March eighteen twenty sixteen. Well, can't go wandering around hobby airport anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so um. And that's the complete timeline, right? Those are all the yes. girls. So there were several girls because that's just the long stretch of land. There's so many Jane Doe's and Janet Doe's. Yeah. Um, from the website that I found, um, yeah, it says I-45 victims. That's what it's called. Um, it's got some of the same people that you talked about. There's a Kimberly Pitchford, which I didn't hear you say. Um, or did you? There's so many of them, like it's just hard to keep uh, up. Kimberly Fixture, six years old, she was in the seventies. Right. Last yes. seen at Adobe High School. She was there for a driving test. Her body was found in the ditch two days later. Right. Oh, this is what I know you didn't say. Karen Pretty. Oh, I don't think I mentioned Karen Pretty. Yeah. What do we have on Karen Pretty? Karen Pretty was 28, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, well, this one says possible 1970s I-45 link. And she was 28, Caucasian, dark hair. Um, he, uh, let's see, he found the body. Oh, her husband came home from work on May 10th, 1978. And his son's... Uh, Scott and Mark were in the bathtub. I guess she drowned them or somebody mm-hmm. drowned them. Well, and let's add Ooh. this to the fact that Texas in general leads the country in unsolved highlight homicides. And there's very little investigations can do to whittle down the list of possible subjects. It could mm-hmm. be anyone. Right. It could be serial killers, transients, migrant workers, truck right. drivers, anyone could be driving through. Right. And thing is, and especially with that area, it's hot, it's humid, there's a lot of scavengers and there's mm-hmm. insects. So right. It's really hard to predict when the body was there. Right. Because, you know, with the hot and humid weather, that's just perfect time to, like, make sure a body uh, dissolves. De- right, decomposes. Or, yes, decomposes quicker. Mhm. Wow. Yeah, but there's like there's like a lot of there's a lot of speculation like this um um oh no, they they think okay, with Karen they think that it was possibly the same person in the 70s that killed all these other women could but she was murdered in her house and mm-hmm. her sons. Yeah, um then there's a whole bunch of people that you mentioned in the 80s. Um, a headless woman, yeah, uh, Michelle, Erica, Ann Garcia, she was Hispanic, so I think it's interesting, so I think, uh, so what do you think, like, about, um, the separate timelines, so, like, from the 70s, it could potentially be that one lunatic said he did it, from the 80s, 
Um, it could have been different killers from the 90s. It could have been different killers. So do you, like, what's your theory about, like, each of the timelines, like, killers-wise? Like, what do you think? I do think each of the timelines is kind of like a different person because, you know, with serial killers, they like to go in different areas. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking 70s, this is one person. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, brunette, white women, young girls, like, probably no older than 19. So I'm assuming all these women are pretty petite. So I'm thinking they probably kill them. And then the 80s, since, you know, there's different ways people die, like strangulation, gunshot to the head, stabbing, so different ways. And I'm assuming, well, and so another guy just comes in, sexually assaults these women, rapes them. And then the 90s and the early 2000s, I think it's something else. So I'm just thinking it's like a different era for each serial killer that just comes right. in there. Okay. Or it could be all the same guy, but who? Yeah, that's the question. Um, if it is all the same guy, right? Like, you know, like, but do you like do you definitely think that in the 70s it was that guy that admitted that he did it because he had so much knowledge about all these girls or do you think that he just made like i don't know like he was maybe like obsessed with the cases and that's why he knew so much about them i mean that is also possible maybe it's also possible that at least could be his cellmate. Because the thing is, he said, because the lady said he's kind of like a combination of Anthony Hopkins, Hannibal Lecter, and a woody guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing he really likes the attention. He's crazy enough because he said he was also brainwashed by the government and also his ex-wife. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking he probably does know a lot about it. Maybe he's just really investigating the case. Because I'm pretty sure this type of guy likes attention no matter how he gets it. Whether it's mm-hmm. a killer, a crazy woman, well... A woman that he um, sexually assaults, and, or probably just from a reporter. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking he could be some of the suspects. I think it probably might be him. I probably need to look at his other crimes as well. But if it was him, that means that it wasn't him in the 80s. That means it was somebody different with the other time period. Right. So uh, did he ever say, like, why he did it if when he confessed, like, that he did it? Besides brainwashing? No. Hmm. Interesting. He so he said he was brainwashed into killing all these white girls. Interesting. Yes. So and then there's other suspects because thing is they don't solve all the murders at once. Right. So one guy, a William Lee, uh, William Lewis Reese, is mm-hmm. in charge for the death of Tiffany Johnson, Jessica Kane, and Laura Smither. Because mm-hmm. he was suspected but not charged because all four of the victims did um, disappear over a four-month period in 1997. Mm-hmm. And he was from Oklahoma, whether from Texas, so they believe that he might be connected to the case. Because mm-hmm. hmm. he also faced two more counts of murder in Galveston County, southeast of Houston, but they said it are really pending because he's also in trial for murder in Oklahoma. Right. Mm. So he has spent some time in Oklahoma and Texas. Wow. So there's even still um, suspects still today that's probably still at large or still out there. Mm-hmm. Another one I'm just throwing out there is probably Ted Cruz. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> he has that ugly beard now. It could probably it could potentially be. Him. I don't see why not. Like, because he lives in Houston. I mean, he probably has driven down I-45 several times and <laughs> passed into the oil fields. And it's like, you know what? That'd be a great place to dump all of the women who didn't vote for me. Yes. And his mom works for Shell, so he probably knows his way around in the oil field. Listen, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not him, but I'm not going to say it isn't not him. <laughs> um, who else? Is there any other suspects that they, like... Oh. And what led them to uh, Reese is that there is, like, DNA testing with a partial match to Reese. So that, like, connected to the Oklahoma man. Oh, I see. I see, I see, I see. Is there any other suspects that they named? Let's see. Well, there's a couple suspects. There's Edward Howard Bell, who was... Well, he died in 2011, so you can't really know. Because he said he did wrote a 1998 letter. They say he murdered 11 girls. Huh. And then... The, 1998, you say, that he said he murdered 11 girls? Yes. So he waited in, like, in the 70s. So he confessed in 1998 that he killed these, the 11 that went to heaven. 
So wait, name the guy again. What was Edward Howard Bell? The Bell Edward guy. Howard Bell, the Bell guy. Okay, that was the guy. That was, that was the first yeah. guy. Okay. Even though people suspected that it wasn't enough evidence to convict him, and then the second one was saying William Lewis Reese, well, mm-hmm. fifty-year-old man. He's been charged of Tiffany Johnson. He's not been charged as a woman named Kelly Cox, who was twenty, but he's serving a um. 60 year sentence when he kidnapped Kane, uh, when he for a kidnapping when he, uh, but he's also found to the remains of Kane and Cox in 2015. Okay. So so far those are the two suspects that they have for, but they only connected to like of uh, the first 11 girls and then the the four that you named. Yeah. Right? So like Kane first and 11, all the So then William Cox only got three, and those girls I believe were in the 90s. Okay, so we have no idea who committed all of these atrocities in the 80s right. and then the early 2000s. Right. Hmm. It's a mystery. A mystery. Yeah. And there was another guy mm-hmm. who killed Crystal Jean Baker because it was in 2009. He was um, arrested for a drug charge in Louisiana. So uh-huh. then they tested him, Baker, for his DNA. A match was found in the Crystal Jean Baker case, mm-hmm. which happened in the 90s. Mm-hmm. The girl that died in 19, March 5th, 1996 mm-hmm. and found in March 5th, 1996. So the jury deliberated for 30 minutes and he was found guilty. So he's the only one that's been basically found guilty of his crimes, is what we're saying. Yes. So the this Crystal Jean Baker girl is the only girl who's basically been... Like, you know, gotten justice. Gotten justice. Yes. These other countless women and girls. Um, yes. We have no idea. Yes. Looking at the long list of unsolved brutal murders and chilling vanishing that have occurred here in these killing fields, it seems it does not take supernatural forces or black ancient magic to curse the land, the insidious mm-hmm. evil that mankind is capable of. Perhaps more than capable of that, it is this, with this evil that are created places which, while perhaps not haunted by ghosts, are haunted in the sense of, are haunted in the sense, nevertheless. Mm-hmm. So, you think with these young girls' spirits of us that the place is haunted? I would not put it past. Um, I mean, listen, uh, like I've said before, I totally believe in spirits, and <laughs> I completely, like, if they haven't gotten their justice here on earth, they are going to keep walking around until they do. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be avoiding (laughs) all of those. I mean, I'd like to help you, but (laughs) also I'm not good at investigation or anything like that. So, um, so, uh, do you have any other information or, uh, are we, are we done with your scary stories and I can go have nightmares now? Yes, have nightmares all the way through 45. Oh, yes. I'm not. Oh, as a lover of true uh, 40. Oh, as a lover of true crime, I like to say fact is stranger than fiction. Yeah, all the time. Uh, so let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you, Belmars, for that <laughs> wonderful uh, just information about 45 that all of the people who have never been here are just going, all of the listeners are just going to be like, let me not drive on that. Um, but it's the only world I could go and get to work and probably drive to Dallas. Exactly. It is the only, it's like our major highway. Like we yeah. can't avoid it. Even I, like I have to get on Bellway 8. I still have to get on 45 to get to Bellway 8. <laughs> like, so, um, so yeah. So, uh, let us know if you enjoy Belmar's story time. That's what it's going to be called. Like, it's going to be about Belmar's horror story time, unless she thinks of, like, another name for it. Yes. Um, give us some feedback. Let us know on Instagram. You can find Belmar's on LadyBlurred94. Hey. And you can find me on Nikki Alley Muse. Um, let us know what you thought and um, send us obviously your questions and we're like requests like for topics or whatever that you want us to cover. We always we always like want requests or whatever at allconfrontation at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-C-O-N-F-R-O-N-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. Uh, and um, 
do you have anything to say to end this wonderful uh scary story time segment that you have done today Mars? well even some of these details scared myself i'm not gonna think of 45 the same way again driving to visit friends in league city um so i'm thinking thank you for your time viewer discretion is advised and thank you for bearing with us hopefully oh. next time i do the ghost stories at the galveston walmart listen um i care wait for that but i also can't wait for that i'm gonna be in the corner with a blanket sucking my thumb like a baby i am when it comes to ghosts so um yeah we'd like to encourage you to confront all of your issues all of your uh all the greatness in your life how great you are and um look in that mirror and you know get it done like get it done yes. if you're a ghost hunter please go out and investigate all of these murders and maybe figure out like talk to the spirits friends if you're a medium go out and figure out what's happened to all these girls <laughs> okay like talk to the spirits they need some them some some closure yes. and so do these parents really i feel really bad for these yeah parents. some of them do have grave sites and memorial trees in that area yeah so um definitely if you're interested uh, like look more into it if you have more facts like definitely email us if you're a police investigator, like, and you want to email us more facts, like, let us know. But uh, we are going to head out. We hope everybody has a good week. You too. Yes. And, uh, oh, and next week, um, it will be me and I will be interviewing. Uh, it will be me by myself. <laughs> uh, and I will be interviewing um, two singles, a man and a woman, for the relationships part two ooh. Uh, special. So, um, Belmar says ooh, but she should be excited about when I interview her and her boyfriend. <laughs> uh, that's going to come up probably in April. So, okay. um, <laughs> all right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.